Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell for episode 11 with me, Seb, and a surprisingly mysteriously missing Bobby. Uh, Rob will be with us in just a moment, and that is part of the difference with this episode. So, this episode, we are raw, as we mentioned before, and because of lockdown across the UK, we are having to come at two separate locations. So, we are running through a live stream at the moment through podbean and uh bobby is joining us in call so that may have occasionally some little sound errors so please uh bear with us occasionally um if anything's unclear we will repeat it uh robbie is joining us now yep uh so we we are having some uh, <laughs> trial by fire cast me to hell war uh <laughs> over over virtual, I don't even know what we call it these days, virtual digital. Uh, <laughs> on virtual live cast, I just mentioned on Podbean. And occasionally we might have little blips in signal and things like that, but we're going to push through because we want to get some content out there. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're, we're, in, uh, we're in lockdown three. We're about the halfway point now, aren't we? Maybe six weeks. Um which means we haven't seen each yeah. other for about six, seven weeks. Um, so obviously we, we wanted to get some content out because we've missed podcasting. Um, and <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, that's, let me yeah. tell them about the, uh, no, so, the that we did record. No, so what will go down in infamy as our missing episodes. So we did about, what was it, about, two weeks ago, three yeah, weeks ago, like we filmed an episode. Uh, we filmed an episode and the episode was about from, uh, from dust till dawn and, uh, the stranger, the step no, father. not the stranger, the stepfather, the stepfather. <laughs> different <laughs> films. And, <laughs> no, I don't know what that is. Um, and we filmed an entire episode and then I listened back to that episode <laughs> and it did not sound good at all. Um, no. Yeah, there was a little bit of a technical problems on that side. We hadn't quite tested it thoroughly beforehand. We were in a little bit of a rush. And sadly, that episode is unreleasable because it just doesn't yeah. sound anywhere near good enough. Um, maybe what, maybe we have tested today's. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> we, we might all, we may re record that episode at some point. We have the content. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe. that is. Uh, that is the uh, basic overview of what's a little bit different about Cast Me to Hell this week. Um, and this week's topics for our episode 11, we are doing what will be a recurring feature, and that is Original V Remake. Yeah. And, and the Original V Remake film we'd be doing, Bobby? <laughs> well, uh, it is Valentine's Day, so we thought we would take a little Cast Me to Hell couples retreat to the uh to the quaint town of valentine's bluff to discuss the uh, 1981 in my opinion underrated uh slasher film my bloody valentine and the uh 2009 remake uh but before we get into the nitty gritty um just to warm ourselves up because you know we, we do this basically on the fly and with as minimal prep work as possible <laughs> um, yeah. what have you been watching seb what have I been watching? 
Well, I mean, I've been watching a lot of films. Um, not giantly horror-based films, but I have a list, a bucket list, a hundred movies to watch. Ah, yeah, and uh, me and my... Yeah, me and my partner have been really... Uh, we we'd kind of hadn't done it for a while, and we decided, right, we're running out of things to watch right now, <laughs> so we're going to start doing that list. And so recently we've made it through quite a few films. Uh, it's right next to me, so I can have a nice little gander at what have I watched recently. I have watched recently... We have watched Save a Private Ryan. Yeah. We have watched uh, The Terminator. We have watched Forrest Gump. Uh, Apocalypse Now. Glass. Casablanca. <laughs> I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Snatch. Gods. Loads. Loads yeah. of films. Well, um, of films. all of. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> I think we've done about. I think we've done about thirty of the list now. Oh, uh, nice. It does. It it does have like an eclectic bunch of different films in there. Though. So there's 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 Bollywood films in there. There's. Oh, nice. um, a lot of different foreign films in there so there's a lot of films that you know i've looked at a few and went okay I, i'm not excited to watch this but i will watch it yeah <laughs> um you know uh, casablanca yeah, i was okay with it shot yeah charlotte wasn't so like mm, but we both left saying yeah that was pretty good i mean it's on a list of 100 greatest films ever made so you'd like to imagine <laughs> you know it must be pretty good uh, i think just the other day we watched uh, the matrix trilogy that's on the yeah. list the original okay the um, right. and the original was great the sequels were better than i remember to be honest i i remember hearing so how bad they were yeah eh, they weren't that bad there's there's some bad cgi at points but then at the same time there's some amazing cgi for the time it's kind of a mixed bag yeah so yeah, yeah. the thing so, i remember yeah, most been, about the matrix i've been pretty busy <laughs> thing i remember most about the matrix is the uh is the the white twins with the white dreadlocks <laughs> oh yeah, yeah i don't yeah know who... i always remembered them I don't know who they are. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they have white dreadlocks. Uh, but I can't. I genuinely can't remember. Um, so I might have to rewatch the Matrix. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's yeah. it's good. It's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. What have you been watching, Bobby? I unfortunately, I've, I've been I've been ill for the past past week or maybe even a little bit longer. I keep getting these weird headaches and just feeling really tired. Um, so I've kind of I've been neglecting films really, um, and I was watching something called Superstore on Netflix, um, which is just it's kind of about one of those big box stores and just the employees there. Yeah, so I've heard of it. Yeah, it's got a kind of The Office, but not quite you know not quite as good uh, vibe to it. It's it's easy enough to watch, which is why I think I watched all five seasons in about. 10 days um, <laughs> yeah um apparently it's been renewed for a sixth season and then it's uh and then it's been cancelled after but it was all right um and then obviously <laughs> uh, w- watching the, this film um watch you know watching both versions of this film um you know how big a fan i am of these films um i think when you moved into your new house i i brought round my bloody valentine on blu-ray uh which came quite quite cool with the old school three uh, D goggles, um, goggles oh, yeah. glasses. <laughs> um, the, old, um, the the classic uh, what is it? Um, 
blue and red kind of or red and green or whatever it is the classic ones i remember getting those when i was a kid for um i was really excited to go and buy spy kids 3d because i didn't see in the cinema (laughs) and i was like i want i want to watch it in 3d and it comes with the glasses so i could see it in 3d i mean it's it's pretty disappointing when you realize that it really doesn't work that well yeah. on the DVD. No. Yeah, well, I haven't watched it because I started to watch it and then I was like, "If obviously I wear glasses in real life. So I had to take my glasses off to put the 3D glasses on, um, which meant I couldn't really see the screen too well. And then I, it was I, it just made me feel a bit sick. So I was like, yeah, I'm not even going to try this and just put it on regularly. Um Funnily enough, I actually lost the DVD, well, the, the actual CD, Blu-ray. So I had to get it off Amazon Prime again um, and rent it. But, I, you know, I, uh, it's an enjoyable film for me. Um, should, we ju- should we jump right I mean, into the 1981? Yeah, 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 I mean, uh, yeah. Let's start with our 1981, uh, the My Bloody Valentine, the OG. Yeah. Um, it's... So I'll give you a little bit of an overview of the film. So it was directed by uh, George, Ma- uh, oh, sorry, tricky name again, yeah, George Mahalka. 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 I don't know. Nice. Yeah, I think that's that's right. Uh, with a screenplay by John John Beard, um, and I mean I, I'm not going to go through exactly who's starring because it's in the. A lot of them you may not recognize anyway. No. Um, it was released on February 11th, 1981, which makes its anniversary, its 40th anniversary, just two days ago from the day we're recording today. And I or think three released, days yeah. from the day we're releasing. <laughs> yeah. Are we, we're releasing it on the... Are we doing it on Valentine's Day or the Monday? I can't quite remember. But it's I, a, think, it's a I think this is the... This is a Valentine's Day episode, so I guess if we can, it'll. This is with you on Valentine's Day. Well, you're spending your Valentine's um, Day with us. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, this. How wouldn't you want to spend your Valentine's Day with us, um, enjoying our smooth sounds? And it was. Uh, so it was actually. It was on a budget of two point three million dollars, um, and it made five point seven million dollars. So. Whilst it made its budget back, it wasn't quite the uh, it wasn't quite the box office sensation that I believe they wanted it to be. And it is it is a uh, it is a Canadian slasher film as well, which um, yeah, it is. Which I I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of the the production companies obviously it was a Canadian film company, um, but Paramount, who distributed, it, obviously weren't. Uh, but I, I think what, that's one of those things where it's a Canadian production because, say, the director or someone who took charge and it's Canadian. And I think that's one of those weird, like, if it was an American one, it would be American, but it was distributed through American, like, companies and stuff. Yeah, and it, uh, it was I filmed think... on location in uh, Nova Scotia as well. Um, so it does, it does, you know, it does definitely have a very authentic feeling to it. Yeah, and I mean, it comes very much from a time which of horror which we've already talked about and we already we love. It was it was the peak of slasher. Yeah. It was the peak of slasher films. It there are so many different themed slasher films out there that several that I've never even seen. I think I was looking for a few like Happy Birthday to Me. I've never seen that yeah. one, but. Um, I did watch a film called The Burning, which is very much a rip-off of uh, 
uh, a while ago, which is very much a rip-off of Friday the 13th. And this was all built off of that excitement from Friday the 13th and Halloween. It was like, this is one of those films that came out of it. This is probably one of the better of the many the prom nights you know all of those yeah. ones that suddenly came out of the out of the works uh this is probably one of those better ones yeah and um you know for those who who haven't seen it before or for those who uh who who might have not seen it for a while the plot is basically is it's about a group of young adults who decide to throw kind of a valentine's day party um only to incur the the, the kind of wrath of uh somebody who's supposed to be dead not dead locked up whatever um in mining gear who kind of goes on a you know goes on a killing spree um so we'll we'll give you kind of a a bit of a play-by-play of the of the of the film and kind of talk about how you know some of the scenes that we do like some of the scenes we don't like and then what we'll do is we'll jump over to the remake and kind of see how it compares and see how it contrasts um I mean, right, yeah, right absolutely. off the bat, this film, for me, it has a, it has a bit of a weird opening. Um, so it opens up in kind of a mind shaft. And I think, for me, the, the film is quite, has, does have quite an interesting setting. Um, if you've listened to the show before, then you know that when, when I'm watching a horror film or when I'm watching a slasher film in particular, I like it when the films kind of have a sense of community and it's almost, it's like you've just been dropped into something which is already there. And you kind of, you do get a sense of that with the town. You know, there's, there's quite a lot of little bar scenes where, you know, um, people are drinking after work or you get a lot of scenes of people on the graph down the mines. Um, but, you know, the, the basis of, of it is, it opens up inside a mine shaft. You get a female miner, which I don't know if you'd have had in the 1980s, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and whilst I was watching it, I was actually thinking, because during the 80s, obviously, you had the you had the miner strikes in the UK and Wales. And I was thinking, like, <laughs> did were there any female miners at that time? There probably was, was a couple, but it, that always Yeah, possibly me. a few, but... Yeah. Yeah, uh, from the films and stuff I've seen, I very rarely ever see female miners represented in the films. So yeah. I feel like it wasn't a very likely kind of... It wasn't a hugely likely kind of scenario. And yeah. definitely not uh, not to be a... Definitely not a female who looks like this one. Yeah, <laughs> who definitely comes not. out. You know, this is like a supermodel who comes out of a suit and is like, yeah, you would not look like that if you're working down the mines all day, love. She doesn't look as if she could hold a pickaxe, does she? Um, and, you know, and she does a little striptease to this other miner who you're kind of guessing is, you know, is our villain. Um, and then the villain, you know, sticks the, the uh, pickaxe in the wall and pushes her onto it. Um, and then we jump forward and we see that... Uh, Mayor Hanniger of Valentine's Bluff, where we are having our lovely couples day, um, is a Canadian mining town, and he's reinstating a traditional Valentine's dance, uh, which has been suspended for 20 years. Uh, yeah. Because 20 years ago, um, two you know two supervisors snuck off uh, to go and attend the dance, have a bit of a shagging, and um, they didn't check the methane <laughs> levels in the... Uh, in the in the mine and you know they didn't do what they had to do which resulted in in a cave-in um and then (laughs) 
Harry Warden, uh, you know, had to resort to cannibalism to kind of keep himself alive. And then he co- he disappears, yeah. and then he comes back a year later, and he kills the uh, he kills the two supervisors that snuck off to the dance as kind of revenge. And he, you know, he writes a note saying, you know, if the dance ever happens again, there's going to be more bloodshed. Um, and, yeah. Well, know, let me jump in with how strange in. some of that is. Like the um, <laughs> the idea of I'm going to run off for a quick shag in a mine shaft. Is like, <laughs> I don't know whose mind does that ever come to, to be like, you know, I get that you need to do it, but I feel like there was plenty of like, you know, backseat of a cars or the forest that's nearby or you know yeah. i feel like all of those would hit my mind before i go oh let's get down and dirty in the mind shaft well, here's the, i get that but at the same time because we, we find out later on that the mines are like two thousand meters down or however yeah. many foot two thousand foot down um and i think like if you were the um uh you know if you were in Residence. the mood for it, you know, <laughs> if you if you had the horn, you weren't going to wait, you know, like <laughs> however long it took to go up, you'd get it on in the mine. So I, I could get that. I'd, I'd probably write in a mine, to be honest. But that's, that's, I don't know. I've got really bad asthma sometimes, so I don't think, and I'm really out of shape, so I don't think I'd ever be, uh, ever be in a situation where I'm down. And then... There's the um, there's the cannibalism part, which is quite it's quite played down. And as Definitely. we've heard, um, and we'll talk about this a bit more later about the the censored that the film was censored a bit, and there was a bit more of that that was in play apparently in the original cuts yeah. of the film. Uh, but yeah, I, I I kind of missed the cannibalism part a bit. Uh, it wasn't until yeah. I looked back after, and then I heard about the the fact that he'd resorted to cannibalism. I was like, oh, how I, I just missed it. I was like, oh, um, yeah, it's an interesting it angle. You can kind of understand why Harry uh, Harry Warden may have gone mad down yeah. there in the depths. Um, so it does play nicely for the character, um, and it sets up a big, you know, is he this? Is he this? Mir- the mysterious. Uh, minor is he this mysterious yeah. you know minor um because that's every everyone assumes so as we go on everyone assumes harry warden would be the psychopath if ever anyone was to kill anyone in the minor's yeah. costume they just straight they just go automatically to it must be harry, it must warden. be harry warden's back <laughs> um but there's there is one thing with, with this film that i really i really did like and it's um as we get closer because the film you know, the film is leading up to this dance on Valentine's Day, but the f- the first day takes place on the twelfth uh, of February, and the mayor, uh, you know, or the or the police chief, um, kind of gets, uh, you know, he gets a box of chocolates, um, and then when he opens them, it's it's the young lady's heart from the the start of the film, <laughs> and there's a poem there. I can't quite remember what the poem poem says, but it's something along the lines of, you know, roses are red violets of blue there'll be more deaths if you i can't think of what a rhyme but but it's a long yeah, no, like, <laughs> sweet valentine's thing um and then they you know they they think it's a joke <laughs> they think it's a joke and they don't take it any further so they go to a coroner and they're like you know what's what's the crack here is this a pig heart yeah and that. And they, t- they say young lass it's a young lass in her 30s you know so they start to suspect that Harry Warden's come back, you know, 
Um, yeah. And it kind of in, you know, in, do, in, uh, in between all of this stuff, um, you know, you get shots of the, uh, shots of our, our, like, victims, if you would, and the majority of the cast uh, drinking at this bar. And, and that's what I mean, like, for me, the film has a really good sense of community to it, almost, because it's a bunch of people who work together and, the you know, their respective girlfriends. You know, you have the old man behind the bar and you have a couple of other people from around the town. And something else that, that I find quite interesting, which I, I think sets this a little bit apart from Slashers, is it's not a bunch of people at school, you know, or it's not a bunch of camp counsellors, which a lot of them did. This is kind of... It's it's a group of people in their twenties um, because they're all at a bar drinking legally. You know, it's a group of people in their twenties yeah. who are kind of relatively working class and kind of have a bit of a different background as to as opposed to the usual Schlesser film, which I find quite yeah. They they they're all kind of of the same class as well. They're not like several. Normally, you'd get the standard trope of okay, here's the. Here's the high school jock or the guy who's always really popular. Here's the rich kid. Here's the, you know what I mean? Here's the, here's that like, uh, here's the, the bimbo. Here's the, the prom queen and yeah, the, queen. you know, and the nerdy character. And, and even when they try to hide it in a lot of films, when it comes to teen horror, it, they always sneak back in. You know what I mean? You always yeah. see these tropes sneak back in. And it's, it's quite interesting to see people of the same class kind of living in a small, you know, quite poor kind of town community, yeah, um, and getting to see not only the not only I was going to say teenagers then because see I automatically yeah, think of teenagers whenever I get slapped, yeah, um, and it's quite interesting to see as well as the the mayor and the other people in the town, the sheriff and people like that, and how they react to these kids kind of trying to bring back this kind of he says he's going to have the dance, but the kids the See, I'm seeing kids again. Kids. Uh, we can say kids. The adults. <laughs> the the young adults, adults are really... They are the younger ones. Anyway, younger than the people that are telling them off, who are all mainly quite like older, older grey yeah. kind really of gentlemen old. in yeah. suits. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they, um, they, they are really like, oh, now that we've heard this is happening, this is definitely happening, no matter what. And they get very set on this kind of, this path of this is what's this is what's coming. We are having this party. Yeah. They're, they're now really that you've said it, no matter what you say, and um, yeah, there is that angle. I, I will say that from what I was going with it, as much as I like that angle working on it, I didn't always find the characters as interesting, though. It was the only thing that I felt, for me, let it down. They built up this really nice community, the ideas, the towns, and there's quite. I I never quite got drawn in by the main characters. Maybe it's because there's lots of them, which is great for a slasher to have yeah. built up so many people to get slashed, you know. <laughs> but I, you know, if we're talking about um, TJ or Axel or those kind, of, you know, Sarah yeah. and those kind of characters. They had their moments, but I don't know. I, I I can't say that there was anyone that stood out. There was no one that was like I'm normally rooting for certain characters. I, I was rooting the for whole, Hollis. I'm not going to lie. Hollis was, Hollis was <laughs> you know, the yeah. big lad with okay. the mustache. He was cool, but I think there's, that was only there's, that's because uh, he was. I I looking at him like you're bat my la- my lord my boy you're you're batting out your league like trying <laughs> to get him. <laughs> he well, was doing well. <laughs> I think that dude was um, that dude would have laid pipe. You know, I'm not going to lie. Um, but also, and I think that there's you could see in this film. I think for me, 
there's a little bit of the the setup for some stuff later in the Friday the 13th franchise. So we have a character, um, I, I can't quite remember who it is. It's, it, it's, I think it's Tommy, maybe, um, or Howard. Um, but we have a character who's always playing jokes on people, always pranking things, not taking things any seriously. You know, he does... He, 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 he's almost like a prototype Shelley from Friday the 13th Part 3, you know? He does the exact same yeah. thing where um, I think it's the, the police chief comes to the union hall where everybody's hanging out, and he opens it, and, you know, the, the Joker pretends to be dead. Um, and there's also a kill quite later on, um, which I, I'm sure ha- takes place in either Part 2 or Part 3 of Friday the 13th, where... You know, two people are, are rutting, and then somebody you know stabs them through both of them. It's an off-screen oh, yeah. in this, but uh, you know, it's kind of it's a similar thing, and, and I believe that this one came out before. Um, yeah, also- I mean, yeah, I think they did take some ideas from this because this was yeah, this was eighty-one, so it wasn't. Uh, it was only just after the first Friday yeah, the Thirteenth. And yeah, so they did take because I mean, the one thing this film has definitely got the 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 gore factor and the inventive kills are very much here. They are very yeah. much on level with Friday the Thirteenth. Um, and as we, we mentioned before, this film was very much in response to Friday the Thirteenth. It's the same company yeah. that made it. Par- it was Paramount, and they had a lot of hopes that this was going to be another Friday the Thirteenth franchise that they could like build off of, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, so there is a lot of that built into it that, you know, uh, and you can see the similarities where they've built this film from something like, and I guess in a way, Friday the 13th didn't really so much have the teens as much because they were kind of meant to be more like, you know, young adults that were able to look after this camp. Yeah. But this kind of takes, this kind of takes it to the, to the, it kind of makes them a little bit older and a little bit more, you know, they've actually got jobs and, and they're a bit more, You'd say mature, but they still kind of, as you said, they still a lot of them go into those same tropes of here's the yeah. Joker and here, you know, occasionally they do fall into those kind of yeah. There's areas. A, there's a little bit of tropes, but nobody feels like it's a a full caricature, which no. later part of the slasher gen- genre, slasher phase, whatever you want to call, you start to get people who are more caricatures. But whilst we're in this, uh, whilst we're in this bar scene, uh, we also. F- start to get a look at, into one of the side stories um, that kind of flows under or alongside the, the return of Harry Warden, which is this love triangle between um, Blonde Lass, Sarah, Axel, who's kind of... I would say Axel's almost like, you know, he's like the man about town. He's like the one on the the mine who a lot of the lads yeah. look up to. And then you've got the mayor's son, uh, TJ. And Sarah and Axel are together... Um, and TJ has kind is kind of like the returning hero almost, you know. He went yeah. away for T- some time. TJ, TJ is the closest. I think it's not. There's not so much a main main character in this, but TJ is kind of the one. I the the lens seemed to be on TJ more than most. It's very yeah. much TJ's react TJ's reaction to seeing that Sarah and Axel are together, and he's very. You can see he's jelly, yeah, he, <laughs> and you he, can he, see that jelly. he wants that. Um, and obviously, because he's he, they give him that kind of lens a bit more. You do start to be a bit more like, ah, uh, like ah, uh, uh, you know, we want we want TJ to get back with Sarah. Or Axel is this thing standing in the way of our our main lead heartthrob kind of yeah, thing. They kind of make it even though, like that, don't they? 
Yeah. Um, so I think I think that you know that takes place on the the day of the twelfth, and then the thirteenth. Um, you know, the mayor, the town police. That's when they received the Valentine's box with with the heart of the young lass from the start of the film. Um, and then that evening, we we kind of we get a scene which I was quite a huge fan of, to be honest. And that's where our uh, in the laundromat with our Baba uh, Mabel. You know, Mabel. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know it's done in a. For me, it was done in in a in quite a cool way. You know, you have this uh, you have this this laundromat where um, our Mabel is you know is, is kind of shutting up shop for the night, and then you get a very throwback to the to the Halloween and the Friday the thirteenth first person shot with you know the standard heavy breathing. For me, like I liked the the scene itself, but for me that was a bit yeah. like, come on, man! Like I know that this is obviously influenced by. By what's come before but it was a bit like a bit too copy and paste for me you know um yeah but the actual what, scene, what part yeah. the scene the scene yeah the the, the, the i think the scene where I, I understand what you mean about that it i kind of got the same kind of yeah it, it's a little bit samey to what we've seen before in other in other horrors although one part i did like the aftermath of when the the door of the laundromat is open after you know after yeah. that so he kills when you kills see the body you know yeah he kills our yeah. Mabel, um removes her heart and uh the sheriff comes by later you know and a lot of the lord a lot of all of the laundry machines are on um and you know he's you can see he smells something uh and he starts looking through them and then her body comes out and it's all kind of burnt and you know it's all horrible yeah it, I, I, that part I thought was a really nice like effect. I thought because the steam was still coming off yeah. of her, and she's proper like her like her body's properly like it's properly mutilated. Um, and as I mentioned before, the, there were a lot of cuts to the film, and I think easier to kind of jump in when we talk about those scenes is in the original cut. One of the things that got cut is that the Mabel scene is actually plays out that part plays out a lot longer yeah. where you actually see her body you see her body go round and round oh, yeah. and round for several <laughs> seconds so you see this mutilated body and and there is a version of that on uh, youtube um, and, and i watched it before and it, it, it is quite effective because it still looks quite real um out of you know a lot of the the special effects are really well done in this film yeah i think a lot of them do look really like quite real at times um and yeah mabel's especially going round. in one way it could be comical but it's almost the way the body moves it actually is you're about oh shit like you kind of feel sorry for mabel yeah definitely um, um and then we obviously we skip to the the 14th valentine's day itself um and uh you know the the sheriff is kind of uh shutting the union hall and saying look party's not going forward Old Mabel died of a heart attack. It's not what she would have wanted. And all of the kids are saying, you know, Mabel wanted to go ahead. You know, Mabel put a lot of work into this. Rip Mabel, that kind of stuff, you know. Um, and uh, they they go back to the bar and they, they say, well, why don't we just hold the party in the mines, you know. It, it, yeah. Like they said, it's it's closed. It's a weekend. Nobody's got to be around. They can, and it, There's only about eight of them. So, they you know, they can have the crack and just get on with it. Um, and then the bar, you know, the, the the bartender, this who is your typical old man, and he's he's a bit like Crazy Ralph, isn't he? He's a bit like 
uh, Harry Warden's out there, he's gonna kill you, you know, like cancel yeah. the dance like that, you know. He's a bit of that. Well, we um, get we get the police looking for around this scene. We oh, get yeah, the yeah. police looking for Harry Warden, don't we? The police say like they're trying not to cause any like worries, but they're saying. Okay, let's go and find him. You said yeah. he's in an institution. Let's go and find him. And they go to the institution, and then there's no record of him in the institution. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, uh, "What the fuck's going on?" Like it is, and you know, build in with that chance of the dance. And it does. The police kind of seem a bit lost in the, yeah. at times it, in this film. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it, and that, but that's the thing. I think it feeds into the idea of being a small town. Is that yeah. the sheriff is is about. 60 70 years old you know there's like there's a little bit in there where i i noticed there's like one shotgun on the wall it's just something that i noticed and it, it's a yeah it gives you that small town feeling like your police force is only yeah. about five people you know um we are really not bad prepared for, for this yeah we're really bad for jumping around between plot points aren't we <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially when we don't have the prep work done um <laughs> uh, yeah it's but... a bit easier it's a bit easier when we're uh when we're together we can see each other we can yeah. check and we can we can go for all of that i mean even now it's a bit hard to be like i you know occasionally this is one of the things why we're raw because occasionally it's like i'm sat here like I don't know when, you know, I'm not quite sure when to jump in, but you're yeah. saying good things. So I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to let you keep going because it is working. Um, it's working. But yeah. Man. So, uh, but they, it's they don't, yeah, they take the, they take the party, uh, to the mine. But before that, so yet again, jumping around, um, the night, <laughs> you know, the, the, the ferry, uh, just before the kids arrive, the, the old bartender, he's a bit pissed up. Um, and he, uh, he thinks about playing a trick on the, uh, on the kids so the door of the mine he hooks up like a dummy with a you know with a mining suit and with a pickaxe and when he you know opens the door the axe goes up it's pretty funny like yeah that's pretty funny yeah. that would probably be quite spooky but this dude loves it probably because he's battered he loves it so much he does it about six or seven times in a row um and you can see you know what's going to happen he walks away he comes back and he's like, "Oh yeah, this is the crack. I'm gonna do it again." He opens it and then he gets the, you know, he gets a, he gets a pickaxe, you know, at the throat. And yeah, yeah, again, you know, um, it kind of does cut off as soon as it goes in. Uh, but like, like Seb said, there's, there, it was quite sent. You know, this film was quite heavily censored, so I believe they took about nine minutes off of there, um, three yeah, minutes yeah. off that. They, they they were able to kind of put together and, and re-release um, for a Yeah, there's a edition. there's a special edition. Yeah, there's a special edition that was released uh, around the time of uh, about 2008, just before the new one, the remake was going to come out yeah. uh, in 2009. And um, yeah, they added a few minutes back in, but the director still says that, although the director endorsed that version and said, yeah, this is pretty much as close as we're going to get, he said there's still more missing. Uh, yeah. more scenes missing but uh it's kind of a case of that the studio says well you know that's it that's all we've got <laughs> well, so as far as we're aware yeah. so we yeah. probably won't we probably will never no. see whatever else is missing and that's uh, from this film so a lot of the gore was obviously cut out because it was censored but with this kill because you know i i, I saw some of the screenshots online from the leaked footage or the you know re-release footage to say and the pickaxe goes through 
and pops one of his eyes out as well. And, you know, a lot of the gore in this film is unfortunately censored. The gore that we do see is, you know, it's really well done and the effects are good. Uh, but it just feels like, you know, unfortunately it was, it was censored. And I really want to get my hands on the uh, original. Um, but when we yeah, to, yeah, I mean, because there is a lot more, a lot more brutality, uh, you know, um you know, uh, the scene where we should talk about the bartender is playing peekaboo with Harry Warden dummy, yeah. you know, um, uh, that was edited so that no blood is shown. Yeah. Um, so he was pickaxed on his chin and out his left eye and then dragged along the, the ground with his eyeball hanging out. That yeah. was the original cut. With so that was the original cut, you know, that you get the full on effect. It goes up through his, out his eye and then he's literally brought to the ground with all the blood in, included and he's dragged across the ground. I mean, that's brutal. That's, that's probably brutal. <laughs> that's what I um, to yeah. And, you know, and you also got, what I didn't mention before is in, yeah, in a flashback around this time, you also get Harry Warden when they talk about him with the police force, there was a scene where Harry Warden is shown cannibalizing a severed arm. Yeah. So he's actually it. seen like, he's actually seen munching on that bitch. <laughs> some arm. Yeah. You know, um, he's got the munchies and he's enjoying his side. He's having a nice yeah. side, you know. Might as well, man. You're whilst you're caved uh, in, just crack on. Um, but then we go to the but, party, yeah. don't we? Um, we go to the party and, uh, you know, everybody's just, you know, just drinking, chilling. They, they all drink a beer called Moosehead, which I really want to try. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it exists or if it's real, but... They all drink Moosehead, and we do have a few listeners in, in Canada. Um, so if you are listening and you are from Canada, please let us know if Moosehead is real and if it's not. Both <laughs> like a little beer every now and then. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it sounds like a proper Canadian beer, that, it doesn't, does, it? doesn't Moosehead, it? Moosehead, like a proper small county country Moosehead. kind of one. <laughs> the, only, the only thing that I think could be more is if it was had like maple syrup in it or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's just my, my knowledge, my limited knowledge. I'm sure there is a, there are several beers out there like that. <laughs> Probably. Um, but when we go to the party, um, you know, uh, there's Harry Warden is kind of, I keep saying Harry Warden. Ooh. Um, Harry Warden's going around, and, you know, he, uh, he, he kills this one, this one lad, Dave, by putting his face into a boiling pot with loads of boiling hot dogs in it. Which is a cool death. Yeah, again, is it's a really cool death. Um, and then people, you know, come in and they grab a beer and his they find his heart being boiled in the pot as well, which is really cool. Um, and they assume it must be, it must be a joke because the prankster's done a couple of pranks, so they think, oh, he's just put a pig heart in there to freak us all out. And then one of them goes to get a beer from the fridge, and um, the body's in there. Which, but that never made sense to me, like. You yeah. when you open a fridge, you look in it. You know, like that's never yeah. made sense to me. I've never got something no. out of the fridge without looking at it. Like, yeah, without staring at the whole fridge, not just to glance. Oh, there's what I need, and then just walking away. Like, yeah, you would have you have like a full view of your fridge. Like, oh, what's in here? Like, it's like yeah. every time you go to a fridge, it's like you don't remember what you bought and put <laughs> in that fridge. Yeah, that, it's that's mental. how a fridge works. It's like it, it's literally is like the you know the the wardrobe you know it, yeah. it's like lying and witch in the wardrobe it's like <laughs> what is inside this mysterious place i went to the like, shop yeah. i bought those beers but i can't remember how many beers are left because uh, yeah. i have a drinking problem yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah that's basically that's how it what works. it's like um but 
you know, we see the body in there. And then also uh, T, um, TJ and Axel get into a big scrap over Sam because there's a really weird scene before this where um, TJ ends up picking up Sam after work and they go and spend time at like a Nova Scotia river or beach or something like that. It feels really out of place because it's got like, it's almost got like Dawson Creek-esque music over it. Just to have a home like uh, the romance, it's creek, yeah. a really weird section. Yeah, it's a yeah. really weird section. Um, yeah, it kind of, they, they have it, a scrap, it, and yeah, yeah. It, it did feel out of place. It's, it felt like you've started at the party, you've got people dying now, and it kind of felt like the pace suddenly just went. Why are we subverting to this right now? Like, yeah, I didn't really, yeah. I didn't really get it there. <laughs> Barman Hollis. Um, breaks up Axel and TJ by by himself. He wrestles them both. He is a bull of a man, <laughs> Hollis is. I love Hollis, man. He was so cool. If we, you know, when we go back to doing In Memoriam, Hollis is probably in for a shout with getting there. But I'll let everyone forget, and then I can surprise them with Hollis. Um, with Hollis. And then Sylvia and... Um, her chap, I can't remember his name, but he's a really tall look and quite a strange looking dude. Not strange as in he's ugly or weird, but everybody else in this film looks as if they're like mid twenties. But this dude yeah. looks like he's like in his forties. Um, and you know, he's he's about to lay some pipe with Sylvia, and Sylvia says about going to get some uh, going to get some beers or something like that. So he goes off, and then we get quite a, quite a suspenseful scene with the. Uh, where Sylvia's looking around and there's all of the uh, mining suits that are that are around. Um, so she's, you know, she's she's looking around and she's uh, she's trying to figure out what's, you know, what she's doing and she's being spooked by these minor stuff. I think how the whole Harry Warden story's got to her. And then Harry Warden steps out and he grabs her and then he, he impales her on a shower head, which uh, I looked at the screenshots of the original. And um, he obviously impales her head and then it cuts off. But in the unsensible, uncut edition, there's a lot more of that scene where blood's coming out of her mouth and everything like that. And it, sound, it looks like such a cool scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So that is that is on my little uh, my little list of alternate variants. You're, you're right. Yeah. It was a lot more like they didn't want to see that graphic like head-on shots of Sylvia's shower impalement. Apparently they... They thought it was far too graphic, far too gory with the blood kind of spurting out and things like that. So yeah. most of that was like cut out of that scene. Yeah, it's it's pr- it's a it's a great it's a great death. I mean, it's yeah. real interest, but it, yeah, it really was like a kind of. Yeah. I I think at the time it was far too far too graphic for their uh, liking. But then oh, I did. Um, there was a lot. So. I mean, as we keep talking about these these cut moments, there was a lot of a lot of the reason apparently for why My Bloody Valentine got the short stick of being censored when several others that had come before it hadn't been censored is because of the reception to um, the reception to Friday the Thirteenth. So a lot of people called in their reviews, and I think we did mention this when we were talking about Friday the Thirteenth, the first one. A lot of people um, had a a bad reaction to how you know graphic some of those scenes were like yeah. the Kevin Bacon thing. So there was a big backlash to that. And um, on top of that, there was also a period in America of 
um, kind of not wanting to over, you know, wanting to desensitize a bit to uh, violence. And apparently this is all linked to John Lennon's death. Yeah. So John Lennon that. died. Yeah. John Lennon, when John Lennon was shot, uh, apparently at that point, uh, just as this, you know, film was kind of released not too long after, they kind of, a lot of films that had violence or gore were kind of like, this is not an appropriate time to be doing this. So studios started to go, oh shit, we better kind of tame these yeah, down a little really bit. Um, so yeah, so yeah, Sylvia's was a lot more graphic. And yeah. even Dave's that you talked about before with the boiling, Dave's head in yeah. the pot, you, you saw a lot more of that like pulled out and his skin kind of peeling apparently, yeah. you know, very much in the, Halloween 2 kind of style which yeah. this felt quite similar to the kind of the way that her face goes in and out and more and more of her face is coming away and that yeah. and the nurses this is the yeah this was kind of the same kind of feeling yeah um but there was one thing that I did quite like about about the the whole film in general is you don't really you know you don't have the slasher trope of having a final girl um so no new it's newbie the guy who has got to pipe Sylvia um who's the weird for looks 40 year old dude um you know no it's not newbie it's um it's uh someone else maybe but they when once they realize that these you know and they see these two bodies uh they actually go and they contact the um you know they go and contact the um contact the police and then the police go but for me having some characters from the the central cast actually survive kind of broke it away from me for a little bit because you knew that, okay, they're, they're away from the mine, they're safe, their story's done. It, 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 yeah. I don't know why, but for me, not having everyone but the final girl die felt like it broke the formula a little bit and it made it a bit more refreshing for me. Um, so obviously some people have who have discovered the bodies did escape and then uh, my man Hollis and a couple of other people go down into the mine to carry on the party. Um Rip. <laughs> Just sadly, yeah, that's sadly, yeah. yeah. No, um, I see what you mean. It, it, it is a nice, it, it did kind of, it felt as though they'd looked at previous slasher films as the slasher craze was getting bigger and bigger. And they had at least thought a little bit about, right, you know, how, how can we subvert this again? Does everybody really need to die? You know, kind of like in a Friday yeah. the 13th, you know, does everyone really need to die? Or could, can we think of how, you know how to make this a little bit more, and and they do try. They do try on this film, I think, to not just be a complete Friday the Thirteenth or Halloween ripoff. Yeah, um, like which is is a nice. It's a it's a nice change of pace because, as I said, most of the ones that I've seen from this genre, you know, from this era, sorry, in the early eighties, they were all just literally cheap knockoffs of yeah, better films. Taste, weren't they? Um... And whilst you know when we get, when they go down to the miners, where quite a few of our um, our people start dying, um, so Hollis gets you know he rip Hollis, he gets a uh, nail gun into the head, um, and yeah. he, he, that you know Patty also dies. There's a bit where they have you know where they they go back to try and escape, and then they find out that the um, you know the the elevator shaft has been you know, tampered with and they can't get out. So they try and climb up this, you know, ladder, which I couldn't climb. I yeah. think I could climb up like a 2000 foot ladder. I could not do that. No, I don't. <laughs> they, you know, it's a big, 
you know, it's, it's, it, I mean, it works really well within the scene to cause uh, quite a lot of tension because you are kind of like, well, what's it, what's going to happen on the ladder? What's at the top of the la- ladder? And you are, it does build the suspense quite a nice bit at that yeah. point though because they're like, what the fuck can we do? <laughs> like we're stuck. Yeah. Like what? We've got one choice here. Yeah, and I think you know, and and that's when they find um, the prankster. You know, he's dead. He's beheaded, and his body falls down. Um, yeah, that was funny. a really cool. Yeah, I hey. thought that was really. Am I? I can't remember if I remember this probably. Does he? His body come down like hanging. I thought I it was like on a rope, and then his I, and his head like almost pops off. I think like, he's hanging. Yeah. I think he's hanging, and then the head separates, and the rest of the body falls down the shaft. And it's a, that's it what is, I thought it was. Yeah, it's a really cool kind of little little jump scare tension building thing that they've done there. Um, and Patty is that I, I really like Patty as a character um, because she's she's the oh, one who's with Hollis. Sorry. Just a second, Bobby. Can you repeat that a second? I think we had a little bit of a blip there. Ah, oh, sorry, dude. Um, yeah, Patty is a character that I I really quite like um, because she's you know she's she's not she's not she doesn't fall into the the whole idea of like the dumb blonde or the pro you know the the prom queen slash you know slut trope or anything like that she kind of she 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 feels like a bit of like a sexually active woman but there's you don't really see any like you know you don't see any tits in this you don't really see any like bare body no you don't really, there's no, outside there's of not, the opening basically yeah there's not really much nudity yeah. in this film um this, so when, yeah. this is with patty yeah I, I like quite in like who kind of played like quite an independent kind of woman and not like not kind of shamed of what she is kind of thing yeah and, uh, which is quite nice to see in this kind of era and i also like the but again this kind of relates back to why the opening is such a weird kind yeah. of it doesn't sense, match like it really doesn't match the opening and there, there's does. a line that, that patty says which i absolutely love which takes place um you know, before the dance, when they're talking about like who they're going with and stuff like that, and Patty says, uh, "You should see the dress that I've got, <laughs> cut down to here, and like, and stops up here or something like that." She's talking about having like a short dress, you know, exploring her like femininity, and it's just like I was creasing when I when I heard her say that. Line. <laughs> um, so to see Patty and Hollis die, were, were you know, rip. Patty and Hollis, you know, they should have been, yeah, they should have been making love in the mines and surviving. Um, yeah, and pa- Patty's yeah. is very sudden, isn't it? Patty's yeah. is so, such a, she literally just turns a corner there, axe straight yeah. into, I'm like, yeah, no, that axe into it, the gut, into literally. the gut, yeah, an axe all yeah, fallen, fallen off, uh, you know, or there's a sudden break in the, uh, you know, in the mine, and yeah, this, drowns. this was, this was one bit I wasn't quite so keen on the axle disappearing part or me because i mean okay so this is this is one thing and it will come between both of them is this is kind of a big thing where i don't feel that the whole mystery of who is the miner is really played up as much in the original as we will talk about later as it is it's a major part of the remake but in the original, it kind of felt like the assumption half the time was, okay, this is definitely Harry Amsden, even though we've kind of assumed now that he's, you know, dead or gone yeah. or, you know, those kind of You know, it still seems to be, like, I, ne- I never really felt so much of that who is the killer. Like, no. I did, so I didn't really think about it. But even though I'd never thought about it, 
The second that for some reason Axel's acting as if like, oh, you guys go ahead, I'm going to stay here, and then it's just like a quick break suddenly, and then you just see the bubbling of the water, which is yeah. a nice like, okay, okay, so Axel's drowned, and that's he's still drowning, and we can't get to him because of how deep that is down in that down there. Yeah, but I don't know why. It, to me, it was just such a sudden like. Yeah, okay, so that doesn't seem very real. That suddenly doesn't yeah. seem like we've seen most of the other deaths. Why is he suddenly disappeared? Yeah. And straight away, even though, you know, this is where, obviously, I don't know, if you're watching it without ever having any idea of My Bloody Valentine, then yes, maybe it would completely shock you that the, then the twist is that, I mean, we're at the point where we can say the yeah. twist is that Axel is... Axel is the killer. You well, know. the weird thing um, for me was when he got, you know, when he went into the water, it remind it honestly reminded me of the, um, you know, the the bit in Rick and Morty with the acid fat, where, you know, where they jump yeah, into the acid where fat, hides inside of it at the, the bottom. bottom. Yeah. yeah, it it was like because I because if somebody falls into something like that, they've got to come up to the surface and try and struggle, but there's none of that. It is literally like he goes down and then you just see some bubbles and you're like, oh, yeah. Axel, well, Axel's drowned now. That's cool. Um, yeah, but, that's it. That, that's yeah. it. And obviously some people may have started to then question, oh, right. So is is this, is he dead? Or is, like, that's really disappointing. Like, is that it? Yeah. Like, is that him gone? Or is he, and as I said, because the mysteries, I don't think is played up that much. You kind of just assume it's a really disappointing death. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, shit, all right. Um, Bye, but, Axel. Yeah. <laughs> But about five, or, ten, you know, or you or you realize the other truth is that right? Okay, so actually, Axel hiding, and that's you know that he's the killer. Yeah. Um, you, um, or you see it the other way. But either way, I think this and the reveal, I just I did found quite disappointing. It just suddenly same, felt yeah. like a bit of a rush. It yeah. was a rush well, at the end of the film. Well, you find that um, you know the the minor reappears after killing Patty. Um, and he chases TJ and Sarah, and they have a fight. Um, and you know they go into a, um, they go into a, you know they start fighting, and uh, the miner is about to kill, um, you know is about is about to kill TJ when Sarah, you know, uh, pulls his mask off, and that's when it's revealed to be Axel. And you're kind of like, okay. And as it's looking at Axel, you then get the you then get this like. Back, you know, flashback, which is really not well done. Of um, no, it... you know, Axel's dad being one of the supervisors who was killed twenty years before by Harry Warden, um, and then it kind of, you know, he hits Axel. You know, TJ hits Axel with a rock, and the, you know, it collapses, which tracks Axel. And then the police come down, and you know, they explain Harry Warden died five years ago. Uh, they then go back into trying, you know, get Axel out because a rescuer says he's alive. And when they rush back, they watch um, Axel, you know, freeze himself by amputating his arm, which was I thought was pretty cool. And he runs deeper into the mine and he's saying, you know, I'm going to be back. I'm coming back to the town. And he says Sarah's his bloody Valentine, and which I thought was really cool. Um, but like you said, I like that. What, one thing I do like about the ending is I like that we have uh, a selection of characters who actually survived because it doesn't feel like your, your typical slasher film where, you know, everyone except the final girl dies. Um, you know, you have the 
you have the police chief is alive, you have Sarah and uh, TJ, you have a couple of the people at the party who are, who are alive. I think the mayor is still alive, maybe, I can't quite remember. Um, but mm. you have all of these yeah, people who, who were still alive. Um, and obviously our, our, um, our antagonist, Axel, is also alive and has now yeah. been outed and escapes. I really liked that. But it, but for me, it feels I, like yeah, it, I, yeah, you yeah. I, I, I did. I, re- I, I really liked the. Um, I, I did like him running off and um, to come back. To, yeah, um, to our like, as you said, it was a huge. It just felt so like a rushed ending to me. It just yeah. felt so you know, um, and the bit with Axel's father, as you said, it wasn't very well done. Again, I've got another note on the fact that. Originally, it showed the miner ripping out the heart of his father in front of him and the blood splattering on his face. Yeah, because you see the which, blood splatter. Which suddenly makes sense with all of the, the heart ripping that he does and all of the heart, you know, all of the hearts left around is because of that's what he saw his father done, yeah. did uh, do. But that was that was cut. Um, so, yeah, that scene really doesn't work suddenly. And suddenly it kind of leaves you with a sense of why is I don't really completely get why Axe was a killer then really like it, do, yeah. it doesn't seem enough and and then the part with him you know you know as you said you've played it out but as Axe was trapped um I really liked the bit when he was you know running off laughing at the end and it plays yeah. into the credits and then it goes into well, they have a literal song called the ballad of Harry I keep every time I say Harry I keep going to say Harry Ramsden's which is a fish in Harry Ramsden's is like a fish and chip chain in the UK. <laughs> I don't know why. I keep, I, I keep going to call him Harry Ramsden's. Um, this Harry is the Warden. story of Harry Ramsden's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fresh made heart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the, so good. Yeah. The ballad of Harry but the And uh, yeah, and just another note on the, um, on the thing. It was cut. The So you, I didn't really notice the ripping off of the arm. But that is, again, because they cut it, like, really quickly, so you don't yeah. really see it. Um, in the original, you literally see him tear his arm off and his arm is left dangling there with blood as he's yeah. disappearing yeah. off, which, again, would have been so cool to yeah, see it, awesome. it work like that. Um, I don't know if that one's actually available because that's an awesome-sounding scene. Um, it does. It sounds so good. But, yeah, him laughing and then the, bar- the ballad of Harry Warden plays and it kind of retells the story of the madman Harry in the credits, which is also a really nice part. But overall, the ending, I believe, is a disappointment to me. Yeah, I, And that might be because of the remake. Well, for <laughs> me, just before we before we jump onto the remake... Um, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> you first. I'm, I think, you know, for me, because once it's been revealed that it's Axel, it, we then find out from the sheriff that Harry Warden died five years ago in the institution. Um so I think if you'd have had a scene where Harry, they find out that Harry Warden was dead before they go into the mines, maybe, then that, oh, who is it? It's not Harry Warden, might have been a bit, a bit more interesting as opposed to, you know, you, yeah. you just reveal it. And I kind of, I, I, I get the, the, the basis of the motivation is, the Halloween dance is coming back, which is why Axel's killing people. But it's, it, it, it like, it, it doesn't really, it feels very random and it does feel very like, yeah. 
it um, all falls apart for me at that point. And it's why, why is it now that, you know, I, I get the, the dad and the dates and the things like that. Yeah. But it, yeah, you're right. It just, it just suddenly doesn't feel in the, in a horror film. If you haven't built up that there's going to at least some idea that there's going to be a twist on who the killer is, it suddenly just kind of feels a bit like, and to me, this is now me going, this is very much where they suddenly go, oh, we need to have a trick like Friday the 13th with the mother. Yeah. We need to have this twist. And this is suddenly where it was like, but it's not well done, you know, with the twist. Yeah. You know, because in, in Friday the 13th, you're continually told that Jason is dead. Jason drowned. Yeah. But there's still that slight kind of, is he though? Is or he isn't there? he? Is but we never know for certain, and we also know that the killer is quite trusted by people, which doesn't seem to play off what Jason is. So we get that all built up, and it's really nicely built up. That's one of the things that works for Friday the 13th, yeah. that doesn't work here for a you know a rip-off, but a, a good rip-off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I genuinely think I prefer My Bloody Valentine, 1981, to Friday the 13th, 1980. I'm not going to lie to you. But, like, the twist, if we're comparing twists, yeah, this just feels like it's very anticlimactic. Feels like it, it, it came out of nowhere and didn't really have any build-up. Like you said, unlike the remake. Um, so, with using the uh, with using this Podbean thing, we're only limited to episodes of an hour and a half. And I believe we've spoke about this for about an hour, maybe, Seb. So yeah, we have. Yeah. So, maybe, <laughs> so, so for, my bloody Valentine 3D is going to be a bit shorter, and I, I am going to go with the 3D because that was its original <laughs> title. Yeah. Um. So my bloody Valentine 3D. Now, the same way that uh, my bloody Valentine came in an era of, um, you know, 80s ripoffs of slasher films, and you know, a lot of the same. My Bloody Valentine 3D came out at a time when 3D was at its peak. Avatar had just, you know, just literally been out the same kind of year. The technology was up yeah. there. You know, we had a lot of those kind of 3D films, and but this was the first one to be R-rated. in America, R rated. In the UK, it was in the UK. I think it was actually, I think it got away with a 15 in the UK. Weirdly, because oh, wow. I remember, I remember being able to be like, oh, I could, you know. I don't know. My DVD, just my DVD, or is it? It might be eighteen. My is DVD it eighteen? Eighteen, yeah. Um, I think. I think I was thinking fifteen because I remember being like, I am like this close to being able to go to see this film actually in the cinema, but yeah. I can't go and see it in the cinema. Uh, yeah. So it probably was eighteen that I couldn't see, which was a rare thing in the UK though to get an eighteen, which kind of shows how again this does pr- very much play on the gore yeah. factor of the original, the and way that the original at, pushed yeah. boundaries. And it was also at a time when um, the there was a lot of horror movie remakes as well. So probably Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. 2003 kick-started a whole lot of these films being remade you know you had the hills have eyes you had um what was the other one last house on the left i mean you you there was most uh horror movies were getting a remake i think 2009 was the same year friday the 13th and halloween both got remakes um and this one because the, the original didn't do so well at the box office um and because it kind of garnered a cult status. 
I didn't think that we, you know, this you would get a remake of My Bloody Valentine. Um, but the song, the song, I keep thinking because there's a band <laughs> My Bloody Valentine. Um, yeah. But the film itself kind of follows some of the uh, some of the similar, mostly similar story beats. Um, so as Seb said, My Bloody Valentine 3D. Um, it was uh, released in 2009, um, directed by Patrick Lucia, and screenplay by Todd Farmer and Zane Smith, who have both, you know, both gone on to do some relatively decent films. Um, yeah, uh, Todd, Farmer, Todd Farmer did uh, Jason Jay- X, didn't he? Jason X, The Messengers, um, and I think Todd Farmer and Zane Smith recently did um, another slasher film that's available on Netflix called Trick. Which I I'd recommend watching. It's it, it's a very interesting film. Um, okay. It was it was made on a budget of forty million and box office smash one hundred and seven million. Um, like a lot of that probably came from you know uh, the you know the three D itself was a what three yeah. D was an excuse to print money basically wasn't it a lot of it was extra money, money wasn't it yeah um, they added a lot of cost on so it's um yeah it, uh, so it it was a it was it it was more profitable than the original was. Yeah, um, and it was almost on the verge of getting a sequel, I believe. Um, yeah, I, read, I was but, actually reading about it a little bit earlier, um, but for whatever reason, the serial serial <laughs> sequel didn't actually materialise. Um, imagine a my my bloody Valentine serial. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it would be like gold. Remember the golden um, golden nuggets? golden nuggets. It would be I yeah, like miners. Golden nuggets. It would be like with... it would be like chocolate flavored golden nugget. It would be like chocolate flavored boulders with, with like a with, with like a red heart. strawberry center or so yeah. or something like that. Or, or red red mushroom hearts. There you go. If anybody wants to make <laughs> that credit, cast me to hell. Give us some of the money. Give us a couple of the boxes. Yeah, you know. absolutely. Um, um, we, won't, we won't go through so yeah. the whole story because it does. It follows very similar beats. So what we what we're going to do is because we are a bit more limited for time at the moment. Future, you know, future uh, installations, maybe installments of um, of our remake versus original. Uh, we might go into a bit more depth about the remakes, but this one does kind of follow very similar I mean, story beats, doesn't it? I mean, in some ways, yes, it like it does. With oh, so the Harry Warden stuff is still all there. Um, the cannibalism part is played down in this one, though. Um, Although in this one. Um, Harry Warden is a bit more of uh, a bit more of an actual murderer, serial killer, because the film basically yeah, is. opens up in mind-blowing 3D um, <laughs> with a newspaper article about kind of what's going on. And the opening of this film, I feel, is definitely a lot stronger than the original. So it know, definitely it, is, yeah. It you know it, it follows uh, a newspaper telling us about the explosion. Um, and it happens again, um, and they find Harry Warden still alive. Um, but then it, they investigate, and they find that the other six miners um, weren't actually killed by the cave-in. They all had pickaxe wounds to their skull, and that Harry Warden had killed them to conserve oxygen. Um, and that Tom Hanniger, who was TJ in the original, and is played by Jensen Eccles um, from Supernatural fame, um, is blamed for it because the same, you know, he didn't, you know, vent the meth- yeah. methane lines or whatever. 
Um, and then a year later, Warden um, awakens from this coma and he goes on to have an insane murdering spree, killing loads of people in the hospital, ripping their hearts out, and then going back to the mine. And he, you know, he, 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 he kills about 22 people. Um, and then Mr. Tom Atkins, our sheriff, arrives, um, shoots him, and, uh, you know, Harry Warden runs off. So you have in this film a bit more of that, is Harry Warden still alive? Um, and he's severely yeah, called the I mean, gone. this is why I kind of think that in a way, I mean, I, I feel like there are quite a lot of differences, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Because um, the openings, for, like yes, there are similar beats. Although th- this time they include the main character. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Tom Tom Hanniger becomes a main part of this storyline. Um, the fact that he may may or may not have been part of the reason why it happened um, ten years prior, and Harry Warden being trapped down there. You know, they say it was more to conserve oxygen, but then when he gets back up and mutilates an entire hospital of people, <laughs> then you're pretty much like, I think he was actually yeah. just a fucking crazy guy. Um, yeah, and <laughs> you know, we have the whole, it all like, and it is later revealed that it's all kind of hidden away that they kind of buried. Uh, Harry Warden's body out in the middle of a forest and they c- kind of try to, to gloss over it a little bit to kind of keep people at bay a little bit. Yeah, with I good know. old Tom Atkins. Uh, we've talked about Tom Atkins many times, our old... Uh, he's, he's not quite of a... He, he doesn't get to plough anyone in this one. He, no, he's he not doesn't. laying pipe. He probably he's did. older now. They got rid of that, you know, the, in the original... Uh, in the original I'd imagine draft, it was in his... He was probably fucking everyone. <laughs> I'd imagine it was in his contract that he gets to plough people, but they just edited it out. It's probably <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, fi- the, the the original has nine minutes of gory footage cut out. <laughs> the remake has fifty minutes of just Tom Atkins piping. <laughs> yeah, and it's full. It's, it's shots of Tom Atkins' ass and pure penetration. That's it. And he insisted oh, yeah, he, that it's him. He, he insisted he ha- he hangs that dong. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know why we pick on Tom Atkins so much, but I don't know. He's just, he's he's a, just you got to love him. He's a patron saint of cast me to hell, as I say. Um, but so as we way, said, we're short, on, we're short on time and we just spent a couple of minutes talking about Tom Atkins. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, so 10 years later, uh, Tom, Tom, Tom Hannigan, he, retur- he returns to the home time. He's, he, as his father owns the mine, he's decided to sell the mine, and pretty much everyone in town pretty much hates him. He's Which everybody is hates to the him. Original. Everyone hates him. An old man punches him. Yeah, um, you know, an old man punches yeah. him. And it's um, sorry, I feel like I actually missed it. Did we mention about the party that happens before that involving Tom, where he's hunted by? Did you? Yeah, that? that's in the opening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah that whole party, you know, you know, Tom left there. Yeah. Um, so. Everybody hates him, and we've kind of got a little bit of a a whole town. And again, we get that nice community. We do get a nice idea yeah. of the community, the mayor, the sheriff. We kind of, you know, a lot of characters we get to know. Um, and I, this is my, this is kind of my one for thing is that I honestly prefer the characters the way they've been, you know, thought about in this film. I feel like there's a bit more depth to what they're thinking and what they're trying to do. We get a little bit of background in the opening on yeah. Sarah and Axel. And and again, to mention that Axel is a character, and although it was TJ in the original, apparently his name would have been something like Thomas Jeffries. So we've got, yeah. instead, we've got Thomas Hannigan. 
Uh, we've got Sarah Palmer in the original, and we've got uh, Sarah Palmer here. So we do have yeah. some characters remain, but they are all played very differently than in the original, I think. I don't think the characters are all the, like, no, they're, kind they're of the not. same. The only kind of same thread we get is the love triangle. Um, so the love triangle does actually play a lot bigger part in this. In the original, it's a bit, for me, it feels a bit more of like a side story. Uh, whereas in this one, it's yeah. kind of a focal point of the film. Um, in the opening, uh, Axel is with a lass called uh, Irene, um, who's who's a bit of a party girl. And then Tom and Sarah are together. And then, you know, Axel, uh, whilst running out of the mine away from Harry Warden, they end up leaving Tom uh, behind. And Axel drives off with Irene and Sarah. And then 10 years later, you know, Axel and Sarah are actually married. And Tom returns back, and the kind of love triangle kickstarts again. Um, the the ones the one yeah. bit I always remembered of this film, uh, because there's definitely a higher body count in this film. I mean, it goes without saying, uh, but there's there's quite a good scene yeah, in the motel where um, where Irene is getting is getting the business by this bold dude who's filming it. Um, and I always remember that scene for some reason. Um, you definitely see a lot more titty in this film. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's like that's like full frontal kind of scene. Yeah. Um, but although it's played quite nicely, and um, I read something about this scene. So the the guy playing the trucker, who's the guy who tries to film her having sex, you know, yeah. and tries to run off with it. Um, well, that, that's played by <laughs> non-consensually trying to take a. Yeah. Oh. Oh. You you cut out. Yeah, I can't hear you. Okay, I can hear you again now. We lost, we lost, lost sound there for a second. Yeah, I yeah. basically missed all of what happened. <laughs> yeah. What so, uh, Todd Farmer, uh, Todd Farmer, who wrote the screenplay, is the actor playing the truck driver, oh, the cool. non-consensual it. So he's actually the actor playing it, and um, and the actress who uh, the actress who plays. Um, Irene. Irene, who I can't, I can't remember in front of me right now. Um, the actress who plays Irene, um, she, um, apparently, the nudity part of the scene was, this is one of the few times in horror films where it was actually part of the actress's idea. So the actress was going to do a nude scene, but she was never meant to walk out or after him naked. Okay. She was going to get dressed. She was going to get dressed and then go out with it. But the actress actually said, if... I, you know, based on what the character's like, you know, she's a little bit of a... It's played that she's, over the years, turned a little bit white trash kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Which is, you know, often played up. It, that's a little bit of a trope for, like, horror, you know, for females. But Especially it was her idea to walk out with the gun fully naked because she was like, if I was that pissed off and I want to get about then, I'm going straight for him. I want to show that she doesn't care. It's not about the fact that she's naked. It's about the fact of what he's done. So she wanted yeah. to add a little bit more... A little bit more to it and she also wanted them to kind of even though she's naked she wanted them to get to the point where they forget she's naked and they more focus on the fact that she's some she's a victim kind of thing that she's gonna yeah die in that way kind of thing and i, I do think that weirdly you stop it's not completely wrong you do kind of stop i think that first like nude scene and you're like okay here's the naked scene that you're gonna get in a lot of them yeah. although it's the only real one it's the only real one we get in this film yeah definitely um but the um, 
when she goes out, I think you do kind of forget that she's naked. You just kind of start yeah. to focus on what's happening. And then yeah, he think... gets the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the trucker gets that great ax to the head out of the truck, which is a really cool, yeah, really cool scene. And uh, I mean, th- this whole scene is like really quite cool, I feel. So, you know, the, the, the trucker gets the pickaxe in the head and then drops his camera, which is recording. And then Irene runs into her, you know, runs and hides. Um, and then you have the, the, sh- the dwarf lady who's the oh, motel God. owner who gets fucking axe, you know, pickaxe. Oh, God, in. that's... that's- <laughs> That one's a bit like, I was like, holy shit. Like, she literally, like, it's really quick. She just gets literally slammed into the roof, like, with the pickaxe through her. And she stays and it's, up there it's for a proper violent. Yeah. She does, yeah. She's been she's been shoved up there with such force that even without the pickaxe, her body's still in the ceiling kind of thing. It's yeah. like, shit. And it's so good. Um, and that whole scene is great. I'm trying to think because I don't know how much longer we have left. So I, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we've still got... A little bit of time to kind of discuss, but we'll, we'll kind of move it forward. So, as you said, there is a lot more death, and to be honest, I forgot how gory this film was. Yeah, um, you know, you have you have so many like different kind of deaths. Like, obviously, you get the standard axe through thing, but even in the opening with the party, you had like the the axe through the back of the head and the eye popping out, which eye is very out. Friday the Friday the Thirteenth three D kind of you know. Yeah. And then you get, um, um, yeah, I just, you know, I just, I just feel that there is, uh, there's a good amount of of gore in this film, but it's all really well done. I, I, I believe I read that this was one of the, um, one of the first films that was shot entirely digital in four K resolution, um, and it is yes. actually, it's a really nice looking film. I think a lot of the, um, a lot of the early 2000s remakes of horror films kind of went for a bit of like a dark darker grittier grainier kind of aspect to the filming whereas this looks absolutely this looks really bright and it's actually quite colorful um so i think that's always stuck out to me because it sets itself yeah a little bit i'll Um, admit i i was I, i was quite surprised and another thing that i thought about is i mean the thing i dread with 3d and then watching a 2d version of a 3d film is the elder the effects are suddenly going to look really, really shit. Uh, my example of that would be to say uh, Final Destination. Yeah. The one that's literally called Final Destination. Uh, the Final Destination, the fourth the fourth chapter. That was 3D, and it was a film where I thought this, like I always thought Final Destination would be great in 3D. The fifth one did look great in 3D, actually. Yeah. But the fourth one is the worst kind of showing of it. I find it hard to watch it back in 2D because the effects are so bad. It's yeah. like blood. It's like CGI blood splattering. It's yeah. it's just it's like body parts that fly at the screen that are obviously like almost cartoon quality at times. And you're yeah. just like, oh for fuck's sake! So I remember when I went to watch this, I thought this is good. This is probably going to be shit because it's a 3D film in 2D. But the effects actually look really good. And yeah. I'd even say for 2009, some of them actually work really well. That one with the shovel, which is probably my favourite death in the film, the shovel the girl gets, and this is in the opening party scene, when she gets it to the mouth, and literally her head slides, the top of her head slides down as the bottom of her body falls away. And it's just awesome. You see her body, like, slow, her head slowly, like, sliding down the spade head. And it's like, ah. I mean, that, that scene alone was just like, okay, 
I'm in, especially as I originally didn't like this film. I remember when me and you watched it together, when you came over to my brand new house, yeah. I remember not liking this film. And I remember okay. after it sitting there going, that was actually really good. I can't remember why I didn't like it. I, I remember watching it um, shortly after it came out. I was still, I was at, I think I, just, I was in sixth form maybe. And I, you know, I loved it. I've, I've, I, you know, I think Harry Warden or the Miner is a really underrated character. I wish, you know, I wish we got a plethora of sequels to this film because it's just so creative. Um, Absolutely. So cool. I think, and going back to what you were saying about the effects and the gore, it's often a mixture of practical effects with the with almost like the post CGI on it. So Tom Atkins' death is also is a really good, um, really good example. Oh, that's so brutal. <laughs> yeah, so shades, brutal. Shades of the Old Man, um, where you know Tom Atkins is you know looking around to lay some pipe, or you know looking around for this for Harry Warden, um, and he turns around and he gets you know he gets a pickaxe in the fr- uh, in the mouth, kind of like through the mouth. Um, and he's there for you know a couple of seconds, and it all looks really good. And then when he pull, and then the you know the Harry Warden, the miner, pulls his uh, pulls his jaw off, and it's it that is a really disgusting bit, which is done with practical effects. And it's only when he you know pulls the jaw off and throws it that it switches yeah. to 3D. You have you, you know like you were saying with the final destination, it was just like 3D and CGI share. But with this, I mean, yeah, a lot, a lot better. There is a lot of that kind of 3D, you know, there's trees that come through the ceiling, you know, the axe comes in your face a lot, those kind of things. Yeah. You see them thrown yeah. in there. And occasionally, yes, one or two of them are a bit gimmicky, but most of the time it doesn't totally take away. Weirdly, it works still. It, you know, it doesn't look fake. And as you said, practical is what's really helped that, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, to move. To move on from from there, I mean, to start to talk really about like the, the differences. I mean, for me, as a, as a strong part of this film, as I said, I I personally prefer the character arcs in this film. I prefer yeah. the fact that Axel, you know, Axel, her, who we automatically, if we know the original, and I didn't know the original, I watched the remake first. Yeah, but same here. Now that you know the original, a lot of people would have been going right. So this is going to play out. Axel is most likely going to be the killer because they know the original Axel was the killer. Yeah. Um, but um, I just find that the characters with the what Tom Hanniger goes through, the fact that everyone hates him, the fact that they think he's they keep he keeps getting he gets he gets blamed for being the killer so many times that you start to not believe that he could be the killer. Yeah, and they make it so that you don't believe he could be the killer, and it's this arc in the film and this change of story where a lot of the story is about the fact of it's almost a who done it, but it's also a love triangle, as you said, and it is kind yeah. of like a playing on like it's kind of playing on how destroyed some of their lives have kind of been a little bit like destroyed after that night back at the party or ten years ago. Um, it's that story that I think. This remake brings out what I think is the best of the original idea. It takes the parts of the original that worked, the way they killed, the amazing minor costume, the town setting, but it kind of, I think it kind of brings it up a level by giving a more interesting story than I think the original had. I don't think the original had the most interesting story. The whole party gimmick thing was the part that didn't work for me in the original and going away from that and treating them as adults. Yeah. Because as we said, the sad thing is that it's the trope of 
it's normally teenagers. But in the original, we do slightly have adults that act still kind of yeah, like yeah. standard teenagers. In this remake, we have adults that pretty much they act. They are adults and they have hard lives. You know, Axel is the police officer. His life is, he's you know, shouting. he's he's cheating. Yeah. He's a bit of an asshole. He's cheating on Sarah. Um, he's got and little Babby on the way with he's not for his mistress. Yeah, he's not, and he's not very likable in a, in a lot of ways. But so, but so at the same time, you kind of understand the stress that he's under once all of this kicks off, and you start to you know understand him yeah. a bit more. And Tom Hanniger kind of gets enough roles that you kind of you don't really get him, and he's kind of mysterious. And even Sarah as a character is not, you know, she's not that grating, although occasionally she does scream a bit more in a kind of yeah. know, cheesy way. <laughs> to be honest, I thought she was real. I found Sarah really grating um, for some reason. I just found I found her like... I'm yeah, sure. I, do, I do think Sarah in the original was better than Sarah in the remake. Yeah. Uh, but I think... Like you said, the character of the development, everything. Yeah. But they yeah. are very different characters. Um, Definitely. Um, so, well, this film is off. You know, a lot of people do feel, you know, you know, do feel that this is one of the this remake uh, surpasses the original. You know, um, and like I said, I am surprised that there's uh, there wasn't a sequel. One of the main things that you know, just to nitpick for me, is that um, Harry Warden and the Miner in general. Um, as much as I, 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 I always say Harry Warden as the, you know, but you know, I mean the minor. Um, yeah. As a character in the original, he when when we do see him move, he moves a lot more like a regular human would. You know, he moves a lot more. He's a bit more agile. He's a bit more kind of, kind of like an actual person. Whereas in the remake, he kind of follows that. You know, like Jason Voorhees. Uh, Rob Zombie, Halloween, big, muscly, kind of stiff, robotic, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Um, and I, I did, one of my nitpicks was that if your two suspects are going to be Axel and Tom, if they're going to be the key suspects that we're going to be wondering about, both guys are quite short actors. Yeah. But but their their Harry Warden is quite a tall guy. So why put yourself in the position where straight away you can tell, you know, for a lot of scenes you get this big, tall, hulking miner of Harry Warden, who yeah. is, you know, may or may not be. And then you do tell when it swaps over and it is actually um, Tom Hannigan who's in the costume because you can sell certain scenes because the height difference changes. And it's kind of odd. It's one of my pet peeves in horror films is if the killer's going to be a short person... Yeah then don't make the killer out to be a giant because it straight away takes you at the moment when you go, you know, it's a bit of that, like we mentioned before about like Scream 4, where both of the killers were very short, but the killer in the film is obviously taller than most of the actors. Well, and you're like, so it here's actually something interesting. So I just Googled and Chris Carnell, who is, um, who is Harry Warden and he was, well, who was the minor and who was the stunt actor is five foot eleven, and then Jensen Eccles is six foot one. So Jensen Eccles is actually taller. Um, 
Oh, really? Um, yeah. I always he, thought Jensen Eccles was small. He just looks small to me. I don't know he what. Looks he looks, yeah. Maybe it's the broad, broad shoulders, but he just looks... Might, he always looks like a bit of a midget to me. But he does look, he does look smaller than... The, then in this film, out. he looks short to me. I don't know why yeah. he looks. He just always <laughs> looks short. So yeah. okay, I'll, well, I'll take that back. But still, in the in the way they shot Harry Warden made him look tall anyway, and yeah. the minor looks taller than. But um, let's talk about the best part for me of this is the ending. The way that that love triangle turns into Sarah putting a gun in the mine to Tom Tom Hannigan and Axel, and she can't decide who's the killer. And it's played out really nicely. And this is where the ending surpasses the original completely for me. Because yeah, I think me. it's a far better ending. Um, so she is stood there. She has a gun to both of them. And she's got to the point where it's kind of been set up. That there's, um, there's a lot of setup that, you know, it's Axel. And then there's a lot of setup. We, you know, we find out that Tom, Tom went away because he was, you know, locked up in a, in a mental facility. So there's a lot of, Points for, yep, it's him, yep, it's him, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of suspense that builds up, and it's just there. And obviously, he gives it away when he reveal, reveals that Axel's bit on the side. He reveals what it said above her dead body, even though, how did Tom find that out? And she finally... And this is when it goes recall. That part's great. It builds up suspense, and it makes us question both characters. Yeah. But the part that's really cool is when we we find out that Tom is the killer, and he starts shouting behind her that, the, that yeah. Harry Warden's coming. And he's shouting, and he uh, completely Jensen Eccleson's Jensen Eccles completely pulls this off when he's yeah. shouting, and he's he sells it well. he's coming forward, and they're just there like, <gasps> like, who the fuck are you looking at? Like, and he completely, and it, as a twist, it completely works that from the moment that uh, Harry Warden tried to kill him, he's almost seemed to have got completely like obsessed that he's constantly seeing a killer, and it's completely yeah. fucked up his mind. To the point yeah. where he's become the killer, and if you watch the film back as I have, as we both have, it completely works scene by scene that Tom would be there to kill them. It actually yeah. seems to be quite fought out. I everyone I believe that he could have been the killer in each of those scenes, so it yeah. it works. Um, so that's my biggest thing. Um, I think just to as we're short on time, just to wrap it up. I mean, for you, which one's better, original or remake? I would purely. Because yeah, I would I, 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 I I've got to go with my heart, which is I love both of them, but I've got to go with the remake. What about yourself? Um, for me, um, it's the remake as well. Yeah, the re yeah. I, I as I said, I think I was pointing quite clearly. Although I think that at the time, you know, the blood and the gore, the practical effects in the original are fantastic. For me, I'm 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 quite often drawn by character, and I yeah, just wasn't are. that drawn to the original characters. So I think the, the remake got me for the twists and the turns. And I'm not saying that either of them are amazing, like completely amazing yeah. horror films. The 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 remake can be quite cheesy to some people, but I just think the deaths and stuff. And the minor is a character that we should see far more in horror we, films. Yeah, we need to see far more of the minor. Um, I think if I watch the unedited version, you know, the uncensored one with the added gore. I could potentially be swayed to go with the original, but for me, just the it's just the ending feels a bit of a shamble of the original. But that's you know that's just me. Yeah. Um, I think that's it to kind of wrap up. Yeah. Things. So, <laughs> yeah. So the um, I mean, not very often. I I doubt we'll find it very often that we go with the remake over the original. To be honest. Yeah. Um, but 
as I said, and there is there's quite a few little differences that kind of make them different in their own way. So um, yeah, that's it for this week. Um, for this week, as if we do this every week. Yeah, we will be. Um, I mean, we are going to try and get some more some more episodes out. Now we're doing it. Like absolutely. Um, we're halfway through lockdown, so we will try. Um, obviously, we're still active on social media, um, so you know. We're on uh, Instagram and Twitter at CMTH Podcast. Uh, come and say hello. We're always, you know, up to no good on there. Um, let us know what you thought. You know, which do you prefer, the original or the remake? What's your thoughts on My Bloody Valentine, you know, in general? And would do you want to see more? Should there have been more? And uh, obviously, if you've enjoyed the, the CMTH Raw today, um, then hit the subscribe button so you get... Uh, updated on our, our latest episodes and uh, leave us a lovely review. We'll see you soon.